You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. song go on a little bit we welcome you into alabama tradition the past present and future of the alabama crimson todd martin houston across the glass we're going to be talking a lot of alabama crimson todd football we started at 248 we're down to just a couple of days away from practice starting uh we're about a little bit over 30 and some change when you look at alabama going back on that practice field uh, a lot of things that we're going to talk about a lot of things to get ready for uh, but we'll talk about fall camp. And I, maybe Martin Houston can help me understand why we call it fall camp. When you look at uh, triple digits, not this week, uh, mm. but expected. Uh, Martin, can you give me an answer why we call it fall camp and not training camp? Uh, I don't know why. I thought you were asking in terms of fall camp versus summer camp. <laughs> uh, well, you, but, no, uh, but we call it fall camp, right? Don't we call it fall yeah. camp? Is that is that yeah, what players we, call we, it as well? Uh, yeah, we we just call it camp. I think. Okay. But, uh, okay. Okay. But but it, it it is traditionally referred to as fall camp as far as the college game uh, is um, is concerned. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, the reason I know you don't call it summer camp um, is because. You know, you do all those summer camps and it get confusing. But uh, fall camp versus training camp, uh, I like the term training camp because it helps me in my leadership coaching, Ryan. If you think about it, the best college athletes in the world have to go back into training uh, to become the best they can be. Uh, how much more should we uh, every day uh look to do that and, and then when you think about it from the collegiate level it's the same same thing uh right now we're talking as we uh come out with martin houston we're talking about alabama training camp and uh man there is so many different things when you look at the university of alabama going into this uh practice and and i was thinking about this i was on an interview in atlanta and a couple of the things that were talked about was when you look at alabama replacing eight starters on the offensive side of the football all but only one assistant coach on that side of the field returns, and that's Holloman Wiggins. Holloman Wiggins returning to the University of Alabama wide receiver coach. Everybody else is new. But you think about the expectations. They're not any different. And I'm not sure that that's really fair or not because we're all 47.2 points per game last year, and we're automatically expecting that this team will do the same this year. A lot of expectations. I guess that's where Nick Saban has built this program. You lose that many players. Well, six first-rounders, uh, all the coaches, and it's automatically the same. National championship or bust in mentality in T-Town. I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I asked the question today, Ryan, uh, this morning. We didn't really get into it. Just sometimes I like to throw questions out there and let people chew on it for a little while and then come back to it. But 
is it is it more impressive to have what was it eleven guys go in the draft last year? Um, Total eleven starters going to draft last year. Almost all of the offense do, to be a part of that number. Is that more impressive, or is it more impressive that you come back with sixteen preseason all SEC players, uh, and most of them haven't played? And you're expected to re- repeat uh, what you did last year, which was a perfect season. Uh, which one's more impressive? Well, I, I mean, there's a. I mean, think about it for a couple of minutes. I mean, you, you think about that stat, and then you think about Bronco Nagurski. They've got six players on their entire watch list from Alabama on one side of the field. Six. So. It's, it's like regardless of where you turn, offense, defense, wherever, uh, there is so much talent. I remember going to that spring game, and you're sitting there and you're going, okay, how many guys are absent because of a small outbreak that happened back in spring? And you're like, okay, you travel in. But it had a chance to look at all the youngsters out there, and you're like, man, that is one talented-looking football team. Uh, you almost you hate to see that, uh, you know, that much time. You know, I hate to see it. I mean, it's just exciting for an Alabama fan that there's that much talent on one football field. Yeah, and, that, and that's what's crazy, Ryan, uh, is, is for for the first time in a long time, we actually can, I think, legitimately at this point in the summer on our shows, uh, on Jacob's show, on all throughout, we can actually have a lively debate of what may be the identity of this football team for the first time in, in what, three, four, five years, we're actually talking about at least at part of the season, Alabama could, could, could be carried or uh, held up by its defense while the offense catches up. So uh, it's been a while since we've been able to have that. And that talks tells you about how much talent, is on this team because no one thinks you can win a national title with a, without a big-time offense regardless of how good your defense is. So that tells you that people think that the offense is, is extremely talented as well. Well, you look at the identity uh, of this team. When you look at Bryce Young, I don't think we've ever been this close. I, and I've asked the question to the audience earlier today, when you think about how, how soon will Nick Saban announce a starting quarterback? Will he wait to three or four days prior like he normally does? Because he's he struggled with it throughout the offseason of looking at Bryce Young. I mean, it, it has been so clear that the gap between one and two uh, that even Nick Saban back in the spring was kind of hinting around to it. And he even said, I think he even used Bryce Young in the starting quarterback conversation at SEC Media Days. So when you take a look at this this quarterback conversation, I mean, there's a lot of new for Nick said, maybe he's changing. Uh, maybe we'll get a depth chart. He'll roll it out the first couple of weeks, and he'll go, "Hey, here it is." He calls it a rep chart, but it's a depth chart. Uh, but how how soon would he announce that Bryce Young is his is his starting quarterback? Uh, I don't know if they're building an announcement because I think it's already settled. It if is. that makes sense, yeah. You, I mean, do you do you announce Christian Harris as your starting inside linebacker? Sure. Yeah. Great point. I mean, it, you may not announce it if it's already determined and everybody knows it when they roll out there. Uh, and I don't think anybody's questioning it when 
when the conversation always starts off with about quarterbacks is Bryce is this, Bryce is that, Tyson is getting better, Jalen uh, Milrow uh, has some great upside. But, you know, when you hear that conversation, uh, I think the biggest difference, even though we've had some circumstances and situations where there's been some quarterback battles, there's been legit quarterback battles. If we try to make this into a quarterback battle based on what we've seen, uh, I think it's going to be us talking heads making it a battle. When you look at Bryce Young from that perspective, because I've listened to you talk about uh, how people made you better uh, in front of you or behind you, you, does that concern you that there's not that much quarterback competition? I I don't think that is not – don't don't misunderstand. I think Tyson uh, can be a quarterback at Alabama that can lead this team. Uh, so I think there's enough that he will push him uh, to keep getting better. Uh, I don't think it's that much of a gap that if he goes out there and throws a bunch of interceptions that you won't see, you know, uh, a chance for or an opportunity for there to be some some movement. And then I think. Ryan, you, you ever you ever watched the race where one guy's been leading the whole time, and and all of a sudden he looks and he 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 feels it, and the crowd starts making noise because there's some guy that's about five people back, and they're starting to close, uh, and that person has kind of uh, lost their edge because they were out front, and then they try to try to kick it back in. Uh, I think if Bryce Young thinks that he's that far ahead, then Jalen Miro, uh, based on what I heard Nick Saban say, this is what Nick Saban said. He said, the guy Jalen Miro is the most athletic guy on the team. He may be the fastest guy on the team, and man, can he throw it. He said, now we just got to get him throwing it to the right people at the right time. Well, what does that what does that mean, Ryan? That could mean that this summer that that has happened. That's the part we don't know. Jalen Milrow could come in two days in, one spring, I mean, one practice in, and be the man that's, that's in the hunt to take that spot. So, you know, I, I hope Bryce is still working to get better and not thinking he's that far out. Well, and speaking of Bryce Young, we were talking earlier today with Alex Scarborough, and Alex had written the article late last week who said that uh, when you look at Bryce Young, that he has 800000 right now on the table, right now that he has a deal uh, that's 800000 But he has another deal when you look at uh, for uh, possibly even going beyond that. And, you know, right now a guy's completed 22 passes. He's as we talked about the you know the starting quarterback uh, at the University of Alabama but but there's there's other deals that could lead him into excess of 1 million dollars so other deals on the table and and so we were talking about this and we we just kind of made the conversation what if Bryce Young goes off and and has the the start that we think he will leads Alabama to you know on track to go to the SEC championship to be the best team in college football at how much does that value go up significantly? Because if you're the quarterback at Alabama, there's a value. 
But if you're the quarterback at Alabama, an undefeated team that has a chance to win a national title, which we think they do now, uh, but in October it may be more concrete than it is right now, he could go back to those companies and go, okay, 800000 how about uh, 1.5? You know what I mean? I mean, he could just the value just goes through the roof. Uh, when you I don't know at, that I don't know if he goes back to them because if I'm them, I'm signing a multi-year contract. Sure, sure, it's a gamble. Okay, for them. And, and that that gets me through uh, his senior year, even though he may leave after, you know, two uh, two more years at quarterback or after his junior season, but. What that does is for all the other teams that starts talking about it. And Ryan, just think if Bryce Young, and this is, this is, <laughs> let me say this carefully. If Bryce Young leads this Alabama team to an undefeated season and a national title, it's going to be awful hard for him not to be hoisting that trophy in New York because Ryan. He is new offensive coordinator, all but one new offensive coach, all new starters. Wow, yeah. All wide receivers except for one uh, new, um, all new running backs. I mean, it's just, I mean, he leads this team. His value is unbelievable. And, and if he gets the Heisman, we already know, Ron, that if you win the Heisman, it's worth some multi digit. Um, millions of dollars uh, for a lifetime, and he would get to start making that money while he's still in school. Hey, I'm here for good. it. I'm here for it. it. Uh, it's nice to be young. All on the, several levels. <laughs> sure, sure. No, no. I mean, l- less aches, less pain, less. Uh, you know, energy. You've always got plenty of energy. These kids. I mean, you watch them now, but. It, you just back up and you think about it, and and whether you want to talk about quarterback or you talk about Devonte Smith, uh, you know, I mean, and you could you could go through a lot of different positions when you look at uh, other places. When when you look, I mean, whoever's on track to be the Heisman winner, uh, the marketing companies are going to come quickly and fast. And but you also worry about it from a coach perspective. It's an incentive to play great. But it could also be a distraction too in the middle of the season. It, it, it could be, but it also could be a, a motivator. Sure. Um, when when Nick is talking to these players and these other coaches are talking to their players, you know, hopefully they're teaching them, hey, just as quick as those companies sign you, they're going to have character clauses in those agreements. Uh, they're going to have incentive. Some of these things are going to be incentive based. You know, if I'm signing Bryce Young right now, Ryan, you know what that's conditioned upon? Of him being the starting quarterback? Absolutely. I don't want Bryce Young on, as my guy. So, do he's you, on the bench. you think, and I don't know a lot about contractual written uh, you know, agreements. Do you think that's in there? If I was putting up. Eight hundred thousand dollars. It would be in there. How about an injury clause? Can you put an injury? I mean, could could you do that? I mean, Jacob may want to chime in here too. So. How long do you think Subway hung around Roger uh, Robert Griffin the third after he got hurt and was out was out of Washington? Uh, who who knows how long that contract was for? But Subway dropped him faster than a bad habit because he wasn't right. a quarterback no more. 
<laughs> so I'm I'm sure there's probably some deals out there with, but yes, I mean, Ryan, Ryan, big boy money, big boy. You won't name, image, and likeness. Your name, image, and likeness is a combination of who you are. So, so are you telling me now that Nick Saban can walk in and and go into a room that's competition already and add that type of incentive? Yes. I mean, <laughs> I, I, this is going to be unfair. This is Jacob, going to be unfair. Jacob from comment, but I hope no one is signing these guys without Ryan. But the other side of that is, is if I'm if I'm Bryce Young, that contract is based on twelve games. If I get to uh, an SEC championship, boom, that's bonus. That's that's more money because I am instantly more valuable to you. I hope that's what these agents are doing. If I get to the semifinals, boom, that's more. If I am a national champion, boom. Just like in the NFL in the playoffs, Ryan, the winning team gets so much money um, each week, and then and then the losing team, and every week that goes up until the Super Bowl. Okay. Every pro athlete, even though I was a free agent with the Steelers, Ryan, I had some incentives, PT incentives, that if I did certain things or played certain percentage of plays as a rookie, I was going to get paid more. I I hope that these guys were smart enough to not sign uh, a deal that covers them, pays them the same amount. Think about this. Right. <laughs> so maybe I mean, we could have win total. I mean, I mean, hey, if if I'm a marketing company, the value of the exposure of Alabama, yeah, I mean, you're paying for that brand for one, but you're uh, Yeah. If I, if we play 12 games and you give me um $50,000 per game per, for instance, and we turn around and we make it to the SEC playoffs, I mean, SEC championship game, extra exposure Who's going to be talked about that week? Then if we make it to the college football playoffs, there's right now it's going to be four guys talked about as far as quarterbacks in the playoffs. I'm going to be one of those four that's being talked about all the time. You're going to pay extra for that. If I win and it's now the national championship, that two weeks it's going to be me and the other guy they're talking about. I'm going to be – you're going to be getting exposure after exposure. I hope that these guys are dealing with these contracts just like you would any other contract. And the bigger the money, the hey, more clauses you have j- in it just on like both I, sides. Listen, I'm having to adjust to this just like Nick Saban stood on that Wednesday and said, hey, what we say today may not be true tomorrow, or what we said yesterday may not be true tomorrow. Uh, have you not thought about that angle? I mean, I thought about the incentive side of it, but it, but it, not from the extent of, I mean, I like I, the dollars go. I lose track with the dollars when I think about Devonte Smith, because the value of what it would have been this time last year for Devonte Smith, and then what the value would have been middle of the season, and then what about towards the end, like the month of November? I mean, he could have made a month in a month that, because if people that a wide receiver for one winning the Heisman Trophy. I mean, that's a value in itself. But the exposure of just putting that team on his back and saying, hey, you know, from a wide receiver perspective, if you were a company that could have come in on November the 1st and signed him to a deal, 
but I don't know. But, I don't but, know what you would have charged. The, I mean, but think about the companies that signed him in August. They should get the greatest value for the lease sure. because they signed him. And, but if Devontae is smart or if Bryce Young is smart, Bryce Young is looking and going, okay, I could be the best player in the country. If that happens, here's what my deal is worth. If if I win, if I'm on three All-American teams, this is what that deal's for. This is what that – that's how you negotiate contract. You it, it, It's sort of like, you know, if you got in on Amazon – uh, when it first started, you didn't have to pay more for that stock when the value went up. If you got in two years down the road, you paid a little bit more, but you haven't had to pay any more. If you get in now, you're paying a premium. But the people who valued it before, they get they get the, the ride and exposure. But if I'm, I'm that Amazon stock, hopefully I was planning for that to happen. If I'm those people that own Amazon, hopefully I was planning to be, okay, if we get to this point, if we grow to this level, then I get this many more shares of stock. So when when you think about Bryce Young, he has a chance to either enhance this name, image, and likeness, or let's say he doesn't perform. I mean, we've all taken the positive. What if he does the other way? Right. And you look at companies and they're going, oh, hold on. They're looking at other companies that didn't get as much exposure. It's hard to say that the quarterback at Alabama is not going to be worth 800000 But what if it goes negative? What if it goes the other way? Then companies, maybe David Shaw's correct. Has there this, ever been a company that's made that's made it big without taking a few risks, though? Oh, no, no, sure, sure. Hey, yeah. And watch this, though, Ryan. If Bryce Young, three weeks in, is not the starter, what will be the conversation week four? Distractions, name, image, no, and likeness. no. I'm I'm talking about from a from a name, image, and likeness standpoint. In in, in terms of that company that invested eight hundred thousand, who who will be the conversation if Bryce Young is benched week four? Well, I mean, it, Bryce Young. It, it'll be Bryce Young, sure. Bryce Young will be the conversation, and Bryce Young will be the conversation week five and week six. In in week eight, we'll oh, so you're, you're you're saying that there's still a, a big value for Bryce Young, even if he's not the guy. Yeah, if they're doing it, for name, image, and likeness. Now, will will he get re-signed? No. That's but that's also why the company has clauses in there that if you start or I, I, like I said, I don't know what the contracts look like, but that's why I would have that in there so that if that happens. When my value is being, my, when my player is being minimized and lower, I still get to ride out on his negativity and I'm still part of that brand. I can still benefit from that. However, at some point, if the tide doesn't shift, then I'm, I'm not still paying for, and forgive me for saying, dead weight to s- sit on the bench. And if these players won't, if these players want to be big boys and say, hey, name, image, and likeness, name, image, they're all laughing and, and enjoying it right now. But one of, some of them, somebody's feelings going to get hurt, Ryan, when the, when the first company dropped one of them and we start reporting, oh, my goodness. You, hey, Ryan, remember this. And I'm not picking on – I only remember the kid's name from Auburn. Remember the big kid that was from Birmingham? 
going to be the next Cam Newton. Oh, Johnson. Yeah, Jeremy Johnson. Yes. Remember that? Yes, I do. If he was coming... If he was coming out, what would he have right Ooh. now? He'd have a lot of big deals, right? right? He would. Yeah. And, and it's going to happen to someone, and all of a sudden you're going to read, oh, they had a $500,000 deal, and it got nullified because they got benched. All you right. want big boy things, you get big boy conversation. And there's going to be some 18, 19-year-olds that's for the first time going to see a true value of someone saying, yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, baby. You're not worth it. You're not any good. I won't, I'm not giving you any more money. Let's break here. We're going to come <laughs> back. I'm going to ask uh, Martin's on a roll right here. We're going to get back to the conversation. I'm going to throw out some other things about training camp and many other things. I'm going to I'm going to ask you how Coach Stallings would have handled a certain situation. We'll continue with more Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are, there are, there are 32 days until Alabama football. Child abuse prevention. It's also having a fun. Talking Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And this is my time. I want to take you to New York for just a couple of minutes. You don't have to stay, but at least uh, allow me to take you to New York. Uh, we've got some connections with Joe Judge, who got his start here in Tuscaloosa under Nick Saban, but a full-team brawl uh, that happened there under Coach uh, Joe Judge. Uh, we've got some players. We've got some uh, assistant coaches that uh, have ties back here. Uh, many, many uh, different. I think Jeremy Pruitt's there. I know that uh, Burton Burns is also there. Uh, but running back Corey Clement uh, was brought down hard by Jabril Peppers. And Evan Ingram, which played at Ole Miss, uh, defended his guy, gave a little bit of Peppers a shove. That set off Logan Ryan, uh, who then took Ingram down from behind. The entire team jumped in. Where was Daniel quarterback? Daniel Jones, the quarterback? Somehow he ended up at the bottom of the pile. Uh, when you look at uh, Daniel Jones, considering uh, Yahoo put this in there, considering his 45 sacks last season, uh, that seemed to be a talent of his, which is pretty good within itself. Uh, mm. But, 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 Martin, I gotta get you to react. I mean, that, that's pretty good. When, but, but, how did Coach Stallings handle fights? Because triple digits, two a days. Uh, what was his his mentality with fights out on that field? He, he, he didn't necessarily like it, but I don't necessarily know that he had a specific way of handling it, you know, each and every time. Um, uh, he didn't like for teammates to fight. 
And so a lot of times it was broke up. We never had any type of all-out brawl like that that I can remember. Uh, I will tell you that Coach Curry had a unique way uh, okay. to handle it. I like the smile. It, I'm seeing it right here. All right. This, it, there's it, a story it, coming here. He 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 would make he would he would stop practice and make the whole team up and then make two guys put on boxing gloves. Really? Yes. And one of the, one of the greatest ones ever was John Casimus versus Sean Frazier. Okay? John Casimus, and this is to help us understand. So please don't take any racial – you know, it's so funny that it, it, I have to say this now. I've told this story a million times, and I've never had to say it, but everything is so racially charged now. So, But you, you understand this. John Casmus was a little bitty wide receiver, white kid from Mountain Brook. Okay, okay. Sean Frazier was a person of color. I'm not, he may have been mixed. He may have been just a light skinned black guy. I'm not sure. So that's why I'm not trying to be funny with that. Okay. But a brother from, I think the Bronx, but I know it was New York. He was a linebacker. Okay. And supposedly he had. Had boxing lessons. Ooh, maybe even e. had been really good. Ah. So if take that part out, and this is gonna be a butt whooping anyway. Okay, sure, sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was one of my favorites. Do you hear Deontay? <laughs> Do uh, what? Jacob just played Deontay Wilder bomb squad like for Deontay Wilder. Oh, oh. All right, so connect the dots. Let's go. What so, it was not pretty for Casimus, not at all. It it was it was it was very very unfair. Needless to say, I don't think there was another fight. <laughs> so I just thought that was a neat way to to handle it. And, and Ryan, what would happen? Now I will tell you, I, I do remember this about Coach Stalin. If you did it, you know, and Homer Smith was bad about this too. You just you you get the next. Hundred reps, man, because nothing wears you out as much as fighting. Like, and and then you just you may have to run rep after rep, where you may be on a rotation of like three or four. Oh, you got enough energy to fight? Undoubtedly, we're not working you hard enough. That was kind of the concept and thought process behind that. But as an NFL team, for one, your quarterback somehow ends at the bottom. I know we were kind of had a little punchline there, but. Not good. No, not good. Not good. Uh, but Coach Judge lined up these professional athletes. And I know you got a lot of guys that are trying to make the team, uh, you know, coming in as a free agent or undrafted guys. Or um, He made them line up and run wind sprints, which I guess really never happens at the uh, next level, at least to the extent. But uh, I know the media was <laughs> chiming in uh, talking about, him up doing wind sprints. So I guess he's trying to send a message. Joe Judge, uh, punishing team with wind sprints after a major brawl in the NFL training camp. Well, and the punishment, Ryan, would be that, that he makes you go right back out to practice. You see what I'm saying? Sure. So that's yeah. probably 
the punishment side of it is practice didn't end and and the brawl got you tired and now you're running uh and you know that that's one of those where if you wasn't in the fight you're like should have jumped in somewhere because you're gonna get the same punishment <laughs> well and and i saw it yesterday and jacob you, you have to help me with the names but over in carolina uh the linebacker that uh that was hit and then uh, I believe there was a wide receiver. It was a defensive back who was undrafted. I can't tell you anybody's names because yeah. they're all fringe guys. Yeah. But the wide receiver was coming over the middle. And he got popped. And he was up in the air, and the safety basically targeted him. You, targeted you can't do that to your own practice. guys in practice, man. And they cut him, Martin. They cut him. They literally, him before the practice day was over. Yeah, yeah, they cut him. Like So he took a, took a shot at a wide receiver going across the middle, trying to make the team, undrafted guy, trying to impress and and – you know he he targeting he cut he cut him so the guy over Carol- let, let, let me tell you that that probably means that the receiver was a prize possession no no he was no a, these, these were both yeah, undrafted they, guys trying to make the roster yeah. but the guy no, no, no. had to go to y'all, the hospital y'all like they said. pulled the ambulance and everything so and I he was diagnosed with a concussion drafted. so that's why they cut him okay i didn't say drafted i said prize possession sometimes they see like like this is what a lot of people don't know. You ever watched a uh, Jacob uh, Ryan? You ever watched a, a preseason game and you see a guy and you're like, man, that guy. I don't know who he is. He could be really good, and then you don't see him the rest of the camp, and he doesn't get to play anymore. You know why? Because they're going to put him on a practice squad and developing develop him, and they don't want the other teams to see him. And so even though this guy may not have been, you know, a drafted guy, he could have still been someone with a plan as, that they had a plan for as well. And I'm not saying they don't value everybody, but the reality of it is they show you uh, <laughs> when they cut you in the middle. And and I hadn't seen the play, so it could have been so bad um, or or it was PC media that could be one of the three things. It could be he was targeting. It was the player. You said an ambulance came and all of that. Yeah, the, yeah. at Carolina, right? Yeah, and and so if he, they don't do yeah, because they were worried they, about they him look bad even moving his extremities. Uh, so yeah, was, he had that lights that out. Your arms bad. kind of frozen in an yeah. L shaped deal. Yeah. He he was he was out. Yeah, and that's that that's probably what made it as well. Um, Hardest hit you ever. Don't be surprised if this kid doesn't end up somewhere else, though, because some coach out there may be like, "That's the type of kid I want." <laughs> Hardest hit you ever took in a game or in practice? Uh, did I remember or that I took? Oh, that you took. Uh, well, the hardest lick I. I mean, because fullbacks would be an easy target. Uh, well, well, <laughs> to, to get cheap shots in there. Well, 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 Ryan, I got knocked out in the Tennessee game uh, by a guy named Shazam Bradley. Were you in concussion protocol? Uh, no, I actually didn't. I, I stayed on my feet, so I didn't fall. Oh, um, and, 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 and like he hit me and then Dwayne Hardy hit me. And when Dwayne Hardy hit me, it knocked me back toward our huddle. And I literally walked back to our huddle was in the huddle. Play was called muscle memory. I guess I walked to the, to my spot, I get down in my stance, and 
all of a sudden I hear the roar of the Tennessee crowd and I don't remember anything before that play during the huddle and have no idea what play is called. And I literally guessed it's probably going to be a sweep. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a sweep. So it looked like I knew what I was doing. No one knew it. We're watching film and Homer Smith goes, Martin, you look like you're kind of drunk on that play after that play. And I'm like, Coach, I wasn't drunk, but I was completely out. (laughs) Needless to say, I played the rest of that game and the next game and the next game. But but the hardest lick I probably got may have been the George Teague lick where he hit me in the back of the head and I never saw it coming. Uh, But I don't remember it all. I don't remember it to this day. Uh, I've just seen it on film. So, (laughs) and. He decleated. He left the ground almost like he was flying, and hit me in the back of the head. And if you ever get a chance to see my helmet, it's probably about an inch and a half groove. That's probably a centimeter deep or, or so, uh, where he hit me. Uh, he would have been out of the game for targeting Ryan, but I would have been out of the game as well. <laughs> I don't remember that play to this day. Uh, but I was actually getting to run the ball on that play, Ryan. I talked to coaches into letting me run the ball. Oh, so and, you uh, so you were running the ball and he, and he caught you, Ryan? I man, this I had been talking so much smack at practice that I told Coach Kirks and all those guys. I said, "Hey, listen, I'm just as good a running back as all these other guys." I said, "The only difference is they get to run the ball outside on sweeps and don't get hit to their you know ten yards downfield because I'm blocking." I said, if you were to give me the sweep, I'd do the same thing. They pitched the ball to me. I actually fumble the ball, Ryan, because I'm so excited, but it bounces right back up, and I'm on the edge. I have not been hit. There's a couple DBs about 10 yards downfield. I run. I mean, I don't even make a move. I just lower my shoulder and run straight at them, and like bowling pins, they fly to each side. And now I'm about 20 yards downfield. I'm 25, and all of a sudden, as the film is following me, you see T coming from across the field, and you can see him enter the screen, and it's like the the person is is like creeping around trying to find out, and the person that's coming to kill them is behind them, but they don't see it. That's the way it was for me. And about 30 yards, 35 yards in, Ryan, you could see me start nodding my head, okay, and I do remember saying this. I told him. <laughs> Needless to say, after I got knocked out, Coach Kirksey, when he got me back in practice, he said, don't worry, we will never call that play again. And they didn't. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I That's almost the- like when I think about what you guys had to go up against in practice, good heavens. I mean, that 92 defense was nasty. Oh, uh, I mean, to go up against those guys every day in practice, yeah, oh, it was. I mean, that, it was. I'd yeah, be tired when Saturday got here. Yeah, practice was the, was the hardest part of my week for the most part, or at least the most physical. Uh, the the Saturday games were were never quite as hard as the the Tuesday practices were our big full pad days. So that's when it got real every Tuesday. So now with with Tuesday here in Tuscaloosa with Nick Saban, it's run install and then pass install, and then he tied all together Thursday. 
Coach Stallings had to have more than just one day dedicated to running, though, right? <laughs> we we probably had a little different approach to the way we did things. We tended to we tended to put game plan in, and then as we went through the week, we got we got rid of things we couldn't execute well. So uh, I don't. I mean, I'm sure we had days that we emphasized one versus the other. And when he says that, that doesn't mean that they don't do the other thing. But, no, we definitely had a lot more time focused on uh, inside run and uh, inside drill and, uh, you know, uh, full team than they do today. And so – but in our days were different, Ryan. We didn't practice on Sunday. We were off on Sunday. We came in on Monday. Uh Shorts, shoulder pads, and helmets, full pads on Tuesday. And then based on how it went on Tuesday, what we did on Wednesday. And then Thursday uh, was kind of a short, light day. And then Friday was walkthrough. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. Jacob across the glass. This is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partially sunny this afternoon, just a small chance of a shower through the evening hours. Behind today, 87, tonight's low 68. For tomorrow, the chance of a shower stays small, partly to mostly sunny with a high at 87 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 83 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston Show, Martin Houston, have combined to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content. See, Mark, you got to understand the smack talk, okay? Because uh, I don't think he can hear uh, coming back. I keep hearing him. Uh, with the Cowboys playing the Steelers, see, he, he's saying don't let you, your babies grow up to be Cowboy fans. Th- this is Jacob trying to get a shot in at my Dallas Cowboys because Thursday night football starts this week. He's been getting these little subtle jabs in on me. Uh, you're, you're, you're a you're a part-time Steelers guy, so you kind of get it. Well, well, for me, it's it's interesting. I grew up a, a childhood like loving the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the greatest. Tom Landry was my guy. You know, loved the Cowboys um, prior to Jerry Jones. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. And and so sometimes I I catch myself pulling for them now, but then of course I went to the Steelers. And I loved Coach Cower, and I loved what's the name as, as their coach now. Uh, Tomlin. But, huh? Yeah, Tomlin. I, yeah. But I, I I'm kind of torn. I want to see Najee do really well, but then I'm like, am I gonna be a Steelers fan for real now? Because I've really never been like a Steelers fan. And, you don't want and to. It would be, yeah, it would be like it would be like growing up 
an Alabama fan and then going to Auburn. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It'd be like growing up an Auburn fan and going to Alabama and then trying to go back and cheer for Auburn because you used to be a fan. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Steelers and the Cowboys. (laughs) That's where I'm at with Alabama and Auburn, too. (laughs) (laughs) Because I grew up an Auburn fan. uh, Brian Robinson is going to be opening up camp. Uh, coming up, and we have a lot of expectations around running backs. I mean, it's been a trend for uh, many years. And and our final couple of minutes, give me something that you've seen from Brian Robinson that makes you confident that he can be that next Balcal running back here in Tuscaloosa. He can do it all. Is it Um, that simple? I I really do think it is that simple, Ryan. I think – Two years ago, we questioned whether Najee was as good as we thought he was. But what made Najee who we thought he was when Najee got the opportunity to be Najee? Uh, And I think Brian Robinson is now don't hear. Please don't hear people hear me saying that he's more talented than Najee. I think Brian Robinson is a more complete back than Najee. I think that Najee has a maybe a better running style. Um, but I think Brian Robinson is just as good as a receiver from what I saw in high school and what he was able to do there. I think he's a better short yardage back uh, than Najee uh, in terms of just sticking his nose in there. And we've seen that undoubtedly he must be one of the best blockers because when we went to a fullback formation, they put him. That's why you're biased toward him. Uh, and and then he's a Tuscaloosa kid. No, so, so, but yes, I, I mean, I, I do think that he, I, I think he is a guy that if he had been the man, um, we would feel totally different. Uh, I, I I've saw I've seen him play and I've seen him do everything that you want from a running back, especially a big back like him. And so I think he just needs carries. I think he needs the, the touches and he needs the experience. Does that mean that he will be the man by the end of the year? I'm not saying that, but I do think that Brian Robinson is a legit big-time Alabama running back. The question is, will he be able to hold off all of the talent that's in the backfield with him? And that's the question I don't know. With grooming everything and and new coaches over there, don't you think they'll lean on those backs? Because, I mean, yeah, I'm biased, dead gumman. I mean, I'd love to – I was would love to be able to line up and – play that type of football. I know it's not the way that you win in current football, but don't you think they'll lean on those backs early on uh, a little bit to break in Bryce Young, or do you think they'll just throw him in the fire and uh, air it out 45 times a game? Lean on doesn't mean that you run the ball the same way we did, uh, Ryan, when I was playing. Lean on the running backs because they are the most experienced. Maybe that you use them in the passing game a little bit more. What what's a swing pass other than other than uh, a long handoff, you know? So I think you may see uh, uh, some of that. I think you'll see them use the offense. Here, I got a quick question for you, Ryan. I know we need to go. Uh, I saw this on Saturday down south. What's more likely to happen? Will Riker repeat his perfect performance, mm. or the offense scores fifty or more points in? Half in six games this regular season, Ooh. six games or more. 
I would probably say more likely it probably will Riker. <laughs> what would hey, you say? Points. Say what? Huh? It's the points. They play four cupcakes. That means they only got to put 50 on two SEC teams. Yeah, but he said halfway through the uh, no, season. No, no, I said six all year. Oh, okay, six all year. Okay. Hey, nobody has caught that side of it, Jacob, that there's, there's probably four, and they only have to find two SEC teams that they have to do this on. But here's Auburn. the question. And you going to do it at Ole oh, oh, Miss. Is, 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 is Will Riker – potentially the MVP though early on in the year when we're playing Texas, Florida, and Miami because of the fact that this young offense, does he have a chance to have, you know, a lot more field goals in those early games because we are more conservative with our young quarterback and a for sure kicker? I don't know about the conservative aspect. First, Nick Saban at SEC Media Day said that he is going that the offense is going to stay the same under Bill O'Brien and Bill O'Brien historically the more question marks around his quarterback the more he throws the ball well when i say conservative jacob I, I you know it's so funny we have to we have to like redefine everything now you know conservative wasn't meaning that we run the ball a lot but may mean that uh when we're in field goal range uh, we don't. We're not as aggressive this year as we were last year. So when I'm saying conservative, is where you may would have came out and trusted Mac Jones to really go get a third and ten. You may settle for a draw or a screen or some type of bubble screen with the young quarterback versus letting him throw it in scoring range because of your kicker. That's Jacob Harrison. You'll be able to hear him 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. Martin Houston wakes you up mornings beginning at 6 a.m. here in Tuscaloosa. Oh, 600. Oh, that is very, very early. It is, bro. It is. <laughs> yes, sleep. It comes, it comes every day. You have to sleep fast. That's Martin Houston. Jacob, I'm Ryan Fowler. Uh, We'll have a big lineup tomorrow, and we get a little bit closer to practice. We'll do it again next week right here on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide.